0: You're listening to Luke's English podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everyone. You're now listening to part two of this episode about uh, breaking through the intermediate plateau. And uh, this is a two-part episode full of lots of advice on ways in which you can change your study habits in order to make more progress later on in your learning. The principle is that when you learn from from elementary to intermediate, it's much easier to get a sense of the progress you're making. It's usually a more challenging experience and the learning curve is steeper, but then when you hit the intermediate level, everything seems to be a little bit easier and um, it's possible to stay in your comfort zone because your English is basically is good enough to get by and it requires new study habits and new methods to push your English beyond into the advanced level okay now a lot of the things I'm saying here um, will still work at any level for example if you're at an advanced level and you're wondering how to push it into proficiency, then you can use a lot of the advice that I'm giving in this episode to to do that too. Okay, so uh, don't forget to visit the page for the episode where you will find a lot of the things I'm saying written down. Okay then, so I'll speak to you probably again, well, I'll speak to you again in just a second. What you're going to get now is I'm going to fade out this music in the background. That's it. And now I can play a little jingle. And then after the jingle, I'll, I'll continue talking to you. And in fact, I think the last thing that I mentioned in the previous episode was about memory, um, about sort of uh, applying some memory techniques to help you remember vocabulary. By the way, if you haven't already listened to part one of this, which is episode number what? 230, what? 230, three two, hundred and eighty-five. Um, So, listen to episode 385 before you listen to this one, and it will all make a bit more sense. So, I had just finished talking about using mnemonic devices to remember words, and I think now the next thing is to talk about um, testing yourself in English, measuring your English, and then using um, listening and other, di- other uh, methods for increasing your exposure to English as well. Okay, right then. So, I'm now going to uh, stop talking and then start talking again, um, and I'll speak to you again after this jingle. Okay, here it goes. Next thing, measure yourself, measure your progress, not measure yourself with a ruler. Uh, but measure your progress. Yes. So, that means testing yourself. So, you could take a test in English. So, you could do uh, an IELTS or, or uh, Cambridge Advanced English simulation online. So, just search for, you know, IELTS test online, for example. Um, and... Um, you could do that. Speak to people and see how it goes, you know, just judge yourself. Try to understand a TV show without any help, without any subtitles. Uh, read some authentic material and see how much of it you understand. Try to do exercises which are designed for a specific level and see how it feels. For example, you could take some FCE or CAE sample papers or IELTS sample papers and see how you get on. Um, if you have the book English Grammar in Use by Raymond Murphy, the blue grammar book, if you've got that, look at the back of the book. I think it's at the back. There's uh, a test at the back of the book. Um, Go through the whole test and then check your answers. And you'll find that uh, each question um, relates to a specific page in the book so take the test, check your answers, and all of the answers you got wrong, check out the page for those for that grammar point. And uh, that's kind of a good way of identifying your, your issues. Um, also, uh, you could download an app like Duolingo. Duolingo is a really popular app. I'm sure that many of you know about it. D-U-O-L-I-N-G-O. You can get it on your iPhone or on an Android phone. Download that app. And the first thing that you will do in that app is uh, sign in and stuff, and then they'll give you a quick test. So download Duolingo, take their test, and then see what happens. There are other testing services that you can find on the internet. For example, um, you can use Dialang, D-I-A-L-A-N-G, D-I-A-L-A-N-G um, and you'll find the link to uh, that website on my uh, on the page for this episode. Dialang is an online diagnostic system designed to assess a person's proficiency in 14 European languages. And they do have, obviously, they have tests in English. Um, the The tests are um, based on uh, skills like reading, writing, listening, grammar and vocabulary. Uh, they can't do speaking because, you know, you need to actually have uh, an interlocutor to, to do the speaking uh, assessments. But anyway, reading, writing, listening, and grammar, um, Dialang was designed primarily primarily for European citizens to assess their language abilities in adherence to Europe's common European framework of reference as a basis for determining language proficiency across the European area. Um, The Common European Framework of Reference is a widely recognized framework used to describe and measure the language proficiency level of a learner in a particular language. Um, And Dialang was developed by a number of different academic institutions, including Lancaster University. Um, So check it out. Uh, Dialang, D-I-A-L-A-N-G. Take the tests on Dialang and see what happens. Also, you could check out examenglish.com. Examenglish.com, they have some level tests there as well. (coughs) Excuse me. Okay, so how are we going? How are we getting on, everyone? Still with me? I've I've got lots of other advice for you, and I'm going to keep flying through it. Here we go. So, next point on my list is practice, of course. Practice, 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 practice. The five P's. So, practice using your English. Again, a language partner uh, on iTalki can help. Um, I mean, speaking to native speakers or speaking to, to other people in English is vital, really, for all of this. And you know, um, you may have English speakers available to you, but if not, then you could check out iTalki, and that's kind of a, a really good way of, of like getting in touch and finding native speakers to talk to. Um, just one note here about using iTalki, or in fact, any one-to-one lessons. This doesn't just apply to iTalki, but could could apply to any one to one lessons that you might have. Just make sure that you know what kind of teacher you're looking for, okay? And be clear about what you want from your lessons. Um, if you want plenty of speaking, then say so. S- you know, tell the teacher, I- I'd like to do lots of speaking, uh, and be clear also that you want lots of language feedback. Um, now, this can be tricky because when you make suggestions for the teacher, sometimes the teacher can get a little bit. Um, I don't know, prickly about that, that the, the teacher might get a little, um, they might disagree because some teachers think that they know exactly what's best and they don't like being told what to do, you know. But if you can find a way to nicely suggest to your teacher that you you really want them to correct your errors or let you do lots of speaking and that you want to work on specific things, then, you know, you really should Say so. Don't just sit there, you know, expecting the teacher to do everything you want. You need to tell the teacher what you want. Um, Also, be proactive. Don't just sit there being spoon-fed. Don't expect the teacher to feed everything to you like you're a baby sitting in a high chair. You need to be proactive. So that means things like you need to bring topics to the lessons yourself. Be imaginative. Prepare questions prepare your own speaking tasks. For example, if you want to do job interviews, then you should ask your teacher to help you with that and also bring some materials to the lessons. For example, some sample job interview questions or a sample job uh, advertisement that you're interested in. The more involved you are in your one-to-one lessons, the better. And you should know exactly what you want before you get into the lessons. Uh, Don't just say, I wanna learn English. You know, you need to be more specific. In the first lesson or the trial lesson that you might have, explain what it is that you want to practice, and this will avoid the trap that happens in some one-to-one lessons of just talking aimlessly or letting your italky teacher talk too much. Don't let it be all about them. You know, some, to be honest with you, <coughs> excuse me. Some one-to-one teachers, some English teachers, um, you know, they've chosen to be- become English teachers because they are retiring or because they have decided to do something else in their life. You know, a lot of English teachers out there in the world um, have become English teachers sort of for the wrong reasons, you know. A lot of people don't consider it to be a proper job, which I find to be frustrating. Like, I'll give you an example. Um, Once a friend of mine said to me, we were having a beer and my friend said to me, you know, you know, sometimes I feel like just dropping out and becoming an English teacher. And I was like, what? Dropping out and becoming an English teacher? If you drop out, it's like you kind of quit your job and uh, sort of leave society and do something completely different. Like you might quit your job, uh, move out to like a, uh, a, a sort of... a." Community in the countryside, or something, and live like a hippie and grow your own mushrooms, or something. You know, that's dropping out. So, drop out and become an English teacher? English teacher is not a drop out job, but some people seem to think that it's like a lifestyle change. You know, I'm going to quit my job in the city and become an English teacher, and it'll be my new relaxing lifestyle. Unfortunately, some teachers have that attitude, and so they think that being an English teacher is just a chance for them to talk about themselves or to relax and not do any work. So, you know, watch out for that. Um, So And make sure that you explain your expectations in advance so that you can avoid that trap of just talking aimlessly or letting your teacher talk too much. And Don't let it become all about them. Now, I think a good talky teacher or a good one-to-one teacher should do a lot of listening. So make sure that you take time to show that you respect them as a teacher and that you're glad to talk to them, but also make it quite clear what you expect from them in return okay, and do lots and lots and lots and lots of practice. Um, Attitude. Attitude is important, um, and this is uh, important in how you perceive your progress. So, what are your priorities in English? What's making you feel like you're not making progress? Perhaps you're focusing on one thing too much that might not be that important. For example, you might be frustrated that you can't lose your accent, but in fact, that doesn't really matter that much. Um, You know, so you need to understand that some things will just never be perfect and realize that you've made a lot of progress in other areas. So don't get caught up on one little thing like your accent. Don't let one thing hold you back. Just keep pushing in all the other areas as well and be positive as well. Be positive. Remember that attitude. Yes, we can. All right. Just like Barack Obama said many years ago, it's the same thing about your English, okay? Now, a lot of people just tell themselves that they can't do things. For example, recently, in in fact, just the other day, a student of mine came up to me at the end of the lesson. She's a student from um, Peru. She came up to me and she said to me, you know, Luke, can I talk to you? I just feel like I can't speak English, So she said that she couldn't speak English. She said, I think I can't speak. I don't know why, but I just can't speak English. What do you think? And this is from that intermediate class I was telling you about. And I said, well, you can speak English, obviously, because you're doing it right now. In fact, you've just come up to me and said, can I just say something to you? I feel a bit worried because I feel like I can't speak English. So obviously you can. Um, And I said to her, what you mean is that it's not that you can't, you mean it's difficult, right? So my point here is that when you experience resistance, when you experience difficulty, when it's challenging, don't say, I can't do this. Just say, this is difficult, all right? So I think everything is achievable with practice and with the right attitude. And, you know, don't talk yourself out of something. Don't say, I can't do this, because you can it's just that it's difficult. What you mean to say is I'm finding this difficult. Now if you find something difficult, that's normal and completely natural, okay? It's all part of the process. In fact, you should be pushing yourselves into into situations in which it's difficult. And if you if your response to difficulty is to say I can't do this, then essentially you're giving up, aren't you? Remember, it's all about challenge. And when you first started, everything was difficult, but you had no choice. You weren't in a position to say, I can't do this. You had no choice. Now that you're in an intermediate level and you can do a lot of things, it seems that you've got a fallback option. The fallback option is just to go back into your comfort zone where you're able to do the basics. And so when you hit with new challenges, it's very tempting to say, I can't do this. I'm just going to stick with my comfort zone but you mustn't. So if you're finding challenge or finding difficult, difficulty, push against it, push into it, and realize that it's where that challenge is, where the difficulty is, that's where the progress can be made, okay? Um, next thing is goals. And I've, I've only got like, what? how many things left to say? Oh, I've got to know, oh, about five items left. So goals, goals. Uh, you need to give yourself little goals, not one big goal, So, you need to learn English step-by-step. I know some students who have unrealistic goals, or at least they have goals that are too high. For example, I want to become bilingual. Now, it might be possible one day, but at the moment, it's probably best to scale it down to something more achievable. Now, it doesn't mean that you're becoming less ambitious. It's just about creating goals that are achievable and that you can actually create a, a learning plan to achieve. For example, I want to improve my accuracy, or I want to be able to speak on the telephone about my work more confidently, or I want to improve my sales skills in English, for example. Um, Now, don't create a vague goal like, I want to master English. Because I want to master English, or I want to speak with a perfect British accent, that kind of goal is too high, it's too big, and it's built for failure. You're actually building failure into your learning process if your goal is too ambitious. So, you, you know, don't do that to yourself. You should create specific goals that will allow you to define a specific set of actions to achieve it and goals which are achievable. And when you do achieve them, you feel good about yourself. So remember, goals, aims, objectives are pointless unless you have a plan on how to achieve them. Um, goals are pointless unless, they're, they're, unless they are achievable. And, um, you know, I think that there, there's an argument to say that if your goal is too high, then you're just basically giving yourself failure and giving yourself disappointment. And, I mean, <clears throat> have you ever heard of the idea of burnout, like professional burnout? that 's where someone works so hard to the point where they kind of have a mental breakdown they push themselves too much and they they have a breakdown it 's a phenomenon that happens often people in their middle in the middle period of their lives uh, they have ambitions at work and they work and work and work and then they burn themselves out and then they 're kind of um, unable to do anything after that now part of the reason why a burnout happens is because people have Uh, unrealistic goals. And they they work and work and work in order to achieve this incredibly unrealistic goal. And the effect is that it just wears you out. And when you don't achieve the goal that you set out to achieve, you feel bad. You feel bad about yourself and you end up in a downward spiral and it's very harmful. So avoid that. Instead, step by step, little goals that you can achieve and you will find that you can actually achieve them. And then you will get a great sense of self-esteem, and it'll be good for you, all right. So, how are we going to create some some more achievable goals? What kind of goals am I talking about? Um, <clears throat> well, uh, let's let's use the uh, Cambridge Certificate of Advanced English as a standard. Okay, so Cambridge English, uh, they make tests. Um, including FCE, the First Certificate of English, CAE, the Certificate of Advanced English, and CPE, Certificate of Proficiency in English. They also deal with IELTS. Let's use CAE, that's the Advanced uh, Certificate of English, as a standard, as a benchmark. Now, Cambridge English have put a great deal of time and effort into classifying and testing Advanced English, all right? So let's use their test and their assessment criteria to create some goals because if you research Cambridge um, Cambridge English and the advanced test and the assessment criteria, you will find that they have specific um, criteria for judging whether someone is at uh, an advanced level or not. So let's look at their assessment criteria to create some goals. Now you will see that there are a lot of goals, all right? But the point is that they're very specific. So based on the Cambridge English um, CAE handbook PDF, which you can find on the page for this episode, here are some goals that you could um, create relating to your writing and speaking. So we're just talking about writing and speaking as examples, um, because if I did reading and listening as well, then it would go on forever. So let's talk about writing first. So here are some things uh, that you should Here's some examples of goals that you you could create, and I suggest that you create goals that are based around abilities, like I can do something. For example, I can or I want to uh, be able to write a structured for and against essay um, in which I uh, compare two opinions on a subject, write in the appropriate register, use the right linking phrases, develop arguments, and give a persuasive point of view. Okay, so you've specifically defined what kind of writing you want to be able to do. And uh, you've given yourself some idea of exactly what makes that a good piece of writing. And this is based on uh, the assessment criteria from Cambridge. Okay, Um, for example, you could say, I want to be able to write a business email with the appropriate style, including the right opening and closing parts, and the appropriate phrases for making requests, agreeing, disagreeing, asking for, and giving information. Okay, so a similar thing, but for a business email there. Now, that's more specific because you can now look for, for example, published materials that will help you to do that. In fact, there are books like, for example, Email English by Paul Emerson is a book that I use, and that includes lots of chapters about those specific things. So, if you work your way through Email English. You might find that on the other side, you can tick that. It's like yes, now I can write business business emails with the right openings and closings and all the right phrases. Another one could be I would like to write a business report in which I give details of results, numerical data, and recommendations for actions to be taken. So there, you, there you go again. You just need to find out how to write business reports in English, and you, it's much. It's going to be much easier to uh, to make progress on that if you. Uh, define it like that. Um, You might choose to say, I would like to write a personal email in a friendly style. So then again, you're specifically identifying uh, emails, personal emails. Um, When you're working on your writing, think about the types of writing that you would normally do. Often people will just write stuff like, you know, my last holiday. But I mean, when was the last time you wrote about your last holiday in your first language, unless it was in an email? You know, so just think about practical forms of writing. Um, And then, you know, finally, um, you could say something like, I'd like to learn and use all the appropriate phrases and style to achieve all those types of writing. Um, Similarly, we could talk about speaking and say, um, I would like to use a wide range of grammatical structures accurately and with the right amount of control. Okay, now note that this aim focuses on being able to use the grammar, not just understand it. Um, You might say, I would like to use a wide range of vocabulary, especially on on abstract areas which are unfamiliar. Again, there's a focus on using vocabulary, not just understanding it. You could say, I would like to produce longer pieces of structured spoken English with little hesitation. For example, a one-minute speech on any topic. I'd like to speak clearly and intelligibly but not necessarily with a perfect British accent. So, note that one of the criteria for uh, top marks in the CAE speaking section is that you can speak clearly, not that you speak with a perfect British accent. It's all about clarity. Um, You might say, I would like to use intonation and and sentence stress to help me make a point. So, you know, focusing specifically on sentence stress there. and so on, all right? Now, you could even break those things down into more specific goals. For example, to be able to talk freely about motorbikes, or to be able to write clearly about facts and figures, or simply to be able to say all the numbers and dates in English without any hesitation. Now, all of that, I understand, might seem a bit challenging, like so many specific little goals, but it has been proven time and time again that breaking down your learning into small yet achievable goals is the way to deal with the challenge. You have to break it up into little pieces and you do it step by step, bit by bit, okay? Now, I've said it before and I've said it again. This is like the analogy that my dad said to me when I was a student at, at university. I remember talking to my dad and I was stressed out and I was saying, Dad, I've got so much to learn, so many things to, to, to deal with and it's overwhelming, And he came out with this weird analogy. and I remember we were in the garden. We were like walking in the garden. It was like a father and son moment. And I said, oh, dad, I'm stressed out. I've got too much stuff to learn at university. And he said to me, well, Luke, how do you eat an elephant? How do you eat an elephant? And I was like, huh? He said, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer was one spoon at a time. You can't eat a whole elephant in one go. You just eat it one spoon at a time. And eventually over a long enough period, you will eat the elephant. Similarly, how do you climb a mountain? You know, you look at the mountain from the bottom, it's huge. How do you climb it? Well, you climb it one step at a time. Don't try to leap up from the bottom to the top. Take it steadily. Realize it's a long journey, but every step is a step in the right direction. Sometimes you, you take st- uh, steps backwards. <coughs> Sometimes you get lost and then you have to work out where you've gone wrong and then find the path again. But you take it step by step, bit by bit, all right? Um, The next point is repetition. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Study the grammar again and again and again. Test yourself again and again and again. Learning a language is difficult. It takes time and effort. So, you need to accept that and just keep going day by day. And in the end, it will pay off. Um, When I first started teaching English, I couldn't understand a lot of the grammar that I I was teaching. I'll be honest with you, Present perfect, for example, was a mystery to me at the beginning, even though I spoke English fluently. In terms of understanding the grammar, it was a mystery. I had to study present perfect for ages. I had to study it at the weekends. I remember sitting there on Sunday afternoon, reading up about the grammar that I was going to teach that week. Um, But I learned my own grammar, right? Now, it obviously helps that I'm a native speaker, But understanding the rules was really difficult for me too. Now I know it well, and I think it's because I put the time in. Because every single time I have to teach grammar, and I've been teaching for 15 years, every single time I still have to read up on the grammar and make sure that I'm totally on top of it. It takes time to learn that stuff. It's complex and it's abstract, but you can learn it. (coughs) Excuse me. Also, I think an important factor was the fact that there was pressure involved. I had to teach that language. And so that social pressure meant that I focused a lot more. So pressure is good. Also, it's because I studied and I taught the grammar again and again and again. And it's the same with vocab. It's the same with you learning learning gram- the grammar of English. Uh, you need to do it again and again and again. And you need to apply a bit of pressure in there. Uh, Also, in terms of repetition, I suggest, obviously, that you listen to episodes of this podcast more than once, okay? Listen to episodes more than once. So, if you listen to an episode like, for example, my recent conversations with Ian Moore, and the first time you listened to it, you didn't understand it, and you didn't really enjoy it, I suggest you go back, you listen to it again. You'll be surprised. You'll understand more, and you'll enjoy it more, for example, here is a comment from a lepster called Mayumi who um, I've read out comments from before and Mayumi commented uh, on a recent episode saying "Hello Luke hope you f- hope you feel better than the day you recorded this episode so she was referring to the episode um, I did with Ian Moore and in the introduction to that episode uh, I had a very sore throat. And my voice sounded kind of husky uh, and uh, possibly sexy. I don't know. Only you can decide that. Apparently, Mayumi found it uh, rather sexy. Well, of course she did, because uh, how could anyone resist the uh, husky sound of my voice? Uh, Anyway, Mayumi said, I hope you feel better than the day you recorded this episode. Your voice is kind of sexy, like you mentioned. And uh, I'll... I'll I will miss that when your voice is fully recovered. Uh, well, Mayumi, my voice is kind of recovered, but I've still got a bit of an itch in my throat. I don't know if my voice sounds better. Anyway, she said, you will. You always keep encouraging us to keep listening, even though we have some difficulties to understand everything and to listen again. And that totally worked this time for me because I've repeated the last Ian Moore episode maybe three or four times straight. And I I could do this because the conversation was just fascinating. Now, maybe I understood 70% at first, and the next time, 80% or more. And at the end of this routine, I felt I could get almost everything. And after that, I did it with different episodes and it went well too. Thank you for encouraging us as always and I'm looking forward to new episodes. So there's an example of Mayumi and she tried listening again and again and it worked for her. I think it can work for you too. So there you go. Enjoy the process. Take stock. Enjoy the small victories. Repeat, repeat, repeat and see progress as achievable. Um, Oh goodness, there's more. I've got more stuff but but only a couple of other points. I know I'm going very quickly. I'm trying not to make this episode too long. So, grammar. Spend some time learning grammar, but do it selectively. Use that test that I mentioned in the uh, book English Grammar in Use by Raymond Murphy. Test yourself and identify the things you need to improve, then work on that, okay? Also, notice the grammar that you've been studying in the real world, uh, and you will start to notice it everywhere, an important point here is, I say, don't get blocked by your grammar knowledge. Now, you might spend time focusing on the grammar rules, and you'll start thinking present perfect is for unfinished time periods, and when there's a connection between the past event and now, and uh, complicated. You might Your head might be full of rules. Now, watch out for that. Um, I suggest studying the grammar, right? You should study it, but sometimes you need to just know when to put the grammar rules away and just use the force, you know? Um, So, listening and reading a lot are just as important in learning grammar as focusing on the rules because you need to have seen and heard a lot of grammar to be able to judge if something is right or wrong by instinct and also to make sense of the rules. If you just read the rules without having ever experienced the language, it'll just be abstract nonsense. But if you Get familiar with the language just through listening and reading and speaking and writing, and then you try to understand the grammar rules. It will be much, much easier. So, always remember to understand and analyse the language in a meaningful context, not just through abstract grammar rules. Everything comes back to the way the language is actually used, not the so-called rules on paper. So, understanding this can help you study grammar more effectively. What I mean is that you should try to... Uh, notice grammar in the real world, okay? Like when you're reading and when you're listening, try to notice grammatical forms, get as much exposure uh, into your head, and then you develop that instinct. Also, think about making your own rules of grammar, test them, you know, modify them, test them again, and keep going. And here's my final point, uh, writing. Writing is also an important way to get through the uh, plateau in your learning. Um, So you can use writing to help you find errors that you make in your language, correct them, and learn to stop making them. And often these errors are simple uh, fossilized mistakes that you know you shouldn't make. For example, missing a third person S or a plural S or the past form of particular verbs or things like that. Your own knowledge of the language, plus any research that you can do, can help you to identify and correct your mistakes, making it less likely that you'll do it again. When you speak, you don't really have time to judge the English that you're producing. But when you're writing, you can proofread yourself. You can check yourself. Check yourself. You know what I'm saying? Sorry, just became kind of a rapper there for a second. Anyway, uh, when you're writing, you can check yourself before you wreck yourself, okay? Um, So you can correct yourself by doing some creative writing and then checking it carefully on your own. But also, you might need someone to correct your writing or give you feedback. Now, you might have a native speaker. Like, oi, native speaker, come here. And you might have a native speaker available. Or you might have a teacher or an italki teacher or a friend or relative who can check your work Uh, But you can also have your writing uh, corrected through websites like Lang8 and LingQ. You'll find links to those on the page. They're basically sort of like uh, proofreading services. Um, Now, different skills in English are connected and mutually beneficial. Now, there are basically four skills, reading, writing, listening, and speaking, and they're all connected. So, there are receptive skills like listening and reading and then productive skills like speaking and writing. So, listening is connected to speaking because it's the oral version of the language, and reading is complementary to writing because of the syntax, the spelling, and punctuation. But also, writing is, uh, is uh, kind of connected to speaking because it's about producing the language, okay? So, um, Writing is a solo experience that allows you to think more clearly about the language that you're producing. So don't forget about writing. Also, as you correct your writing, this will benefit your speaking by giving you a sort of inner monologue, which can be converted to speech. All in all, it's a good idea to practice as much as possible, practice writing as well as speaking, in order to produce as much English as you can and uh, reflect on the English that you're producing in order to improve your accuracy and fluency. All right. And okay, this is my final point. Enjoy it. Okay. I've just gone through an hour and 20 minutes of rather complex advice, delivered it fairly quickly. I, I hope that you're still awake. I hope you're still alive and I haven't bored you half to death with this. I'm, I'm always concerned by that, that I'm just. I just go on and on and on. I imagine if I'd I'd stood in front of a group of students at school and just said an hour and 20 minutes of what I've just said, I think that they would all be skeletons by the end. I just know that they would. Um, So I hope that you're okay. But my final point is enjoy it, okay? Enjoy the language. Enjoy the English that you consume and produce. Follow your heart and focus on the aspects of language that you enjoy and that will keep you coming back because motivation is key take pleasure in the act of learning a language. And remember that it's making you a much more rounded and multi-dimensional person all the time. And here are some motivational quotes for learning a language. So, Sarah Caldwell said, learn everything you can, anytime you can, from anyone you can. There will always come a time when you will be grateful that you did. So, every opportunity is a learning opportunity here's an old Chinese proverb, and it says, learning is a treasure that will follow its owner everywhere. Um, Charlemagne, uh, a figure from history, said, to have another language is to possess a second soul. And Ludwig Wittgenstein said, the limits of my language mean the limits of my world. Okay. All right, then. So, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this rather preachy episode of Luke's English Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm now going to stop um, just before I do this. I, wandered into your wonderland. I, st- I hope that you still feel like that when you listen to Luke's English Podcast, that you just sort of have wandered into a beautiful land of English learning potential. You know, like if this is the first time you listen to it, is this how you felt? maybe it is maybe you're like what is this incredible resource for learning English that I've discovered it's Luke's English Podcast oh my goodness I've wandered into uh, Luke's wonderland of uh, words maybe maybe that's what you've been thinking anyway regardless of what you've been thinking that's the end of this episode I'll speak to you again on the podcast soon Oh, suddenly got m- a lot more interesting this track one well, that's nice, isn't it? That's pretty nice, don't you think? Do you remember, ladies and gentlemen? Since this is a long episode, I might as well carry on a little bit longer, right? I mean, you know what what damage can it do? Do you remember when um, I did a rap on Luke's English podcast? That was in episode. Um, I can't remember. Episode 253? Um, I think it was. I'm just searching the internet for it now. Okay. Episode 253 uh, was called Rapping with Fluency MC. Now, a friend of mine who is an English teacher called Jason Levine, also known as Fluency MC, came on the podcast. And his thing is that he raps in English, and he helps people learn English through um, hip-hop. And uh, I recorded my own rap. It was called the Well-Spoken MC. I thought that I would uh, give you a rendition of it right now. I think I'm going to use this track to do it. Okay. Are you ready, ladies and gents? Here is my rap about... Uh, being the well-spoken MC and I'm going to use that track to help this is going to be the end of the episode here we go I wandered into your wonderland. what 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 it's the well-spoken MC delivered live direct on Luke's English podcast here we go microphone check microphone check one two one two let me introduce myself to you my name is Luke I'm an ordinary dude, I like food, I wear shoes, I like to watch YouTube, I'm just like you. Or maybe Doctor Who, when I'm in a good suit and I'm feeling in the mood, because from time to time I like to unwind, I drink a bit of wine and I try to write a rhyme, and when I combine all of this online, then surely it's a sign that it's my time to shine, because I like to feel fine and I do it all the time, and in my mind I'm gonna get mine, it's just a natural fact and i like it like that so relax and sit back and listen to this track it's just a natural fact and i like it like that so relax and sit back and listen i get dizzy with a bit of thin lizzy while drinking some fizzy getting busy with queen lizzy i'm a gentleman with a lesson plan i'll help you understand it with a diagram of different tenses yeah <laughs> okay here we go let's let's back up a little bit I'm a gentleman with a lesson plan. I'll help you understand it with a diagram of different tenses and complex senses or ways of saying sentences with different kinds of emphases, yes. You could say that I'm blessed with a celta and a delta and my CV's fresh. I teach pronunciation throughout the nation to stop alienation caused by poor articulation. It's just a natural fact and I like it like that, so relax and sit back and listen to this track because I speak like a native. I'm here to get creative. And have I already stated that I'm very qualified? I've got a wide CV, an even wider CV, which I'd like you to see in confidentiality. Because between you and me and the deep blue sea, one day I'm going to be on the BB sit Sitwit Sea. See, 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 see. Whew. Okay that's the end of this episode. Thank you very much for listening. I'll speak to you again on the podcast soon. But for now, it's time to say goodbye, bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.